welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. Isn't it wonderful to hear all these testimonies and see the video announcements? Do you know the guy who looked like a pirate with a big beard? Do you know who I'm talking about with a baseball cap? He was talking about Alpha in the video. His name is Dez. And Dez is going to be doing that training. It's on the 12th, I think it is, of September. But one of the amazing things is that there's been an event in Glasgow this week. And normally when you read the news about Glasgow or someplace in Scotland, that somebody get having a fisty cough or someone going on. But I want to bring you, you're for some good, good news about Glasgow. Do you want to hear some good news here this morning? Well, there's an event called The Turning. And a whole bunch of people got together in Glasgow from different churches, and they went out on the streets of Glasgow, and they led hundreds of people to faith in Jesus Christ in a couple of days. Isn't that awesome? Come on. So there's some good things happening in Scotland. Come on, Scotland. Come on. Now, next time you say, come on, Scotland, it's not when you're watching our uh, football team or our rugby team. The next time you're in prayer, make a declaration of faith and just say, come on, Scotland. Come on, waking up to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things I love about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the seed of the Word of God, is it has power whichever nation you preach it in. Now, the seed might take time to come forth and into fruition in some nations. It might take longer in this nation than in other nations, but behold, the time has come for this land. The time has come for this nation. And it's time for us to, to change our hearts and to change our minds because many of us have had times, years, decades, months, seasons of, of disappointment where we've not seen revival. We've not seen things that we believe for. But it's possible in God that things can come into fruition in a time and season when we least it, expect it. So listen, saints of God in Dundee, Scotland, now is the time for Scotland. Come on. So when the Word of God goes out, the Word of God goes forth, it's coming to Dundee as well. Are you getting ready for it? Come on. The Word is going to go out in time, in due season, and people are going to come to know Jesus in more numbers than we've ever, ever seen before. Now this morning, just in a few minutes, I'm going to invite people to know Jesus here this morning. And every time I preach, I want to invite people to know Jesus. And I'm going to do that in a few minutes. Because some of you might be on a journey. Some of you might be on a path to, to, towards Christ. Some of you might have turned your back on Christ. But this morning, I want to give a chance for everyone to respond to Him in this moment, in this time, in this window, in this season. Because the Bible says that today is the day of salvation, and people are coming to know Him every single day. There's tens of thousands of people coming to know Jesus every day in planet Earth, which is really exciting. We just happen to be in a little spot where the, the dribbles are coming in, but do not despise a day of little dribbles. Do you like that one? That was part of it. stuff. Do not despise the day of small beginnings, but do not despise the days where things come in dribs and drabs, then suddenly there's a, there's, there's a surge of people coming in. This morning I want to share with you just a short word, because I'm aware we've had the baptisms here this morning. So I want to share with you something that, that will help us and encourage us on our journey in our faith with Jesus Christ. The fact is that all of us come at some point in our lives to those of us who are Christians to know Jesus. 
but it's important that our hearts are clean on a daily basis. This morning, I want to preach on living cultures or living epistles or, or um, keeping our hearts right with God. But, but this morning, it's going to come up on your screen. It's going to be called Living Epistles or Living Love Letters from God. And it's from the book of Corinthians where the Apostle Paul is, is encouraging the body of believers to be in forgiveness, to be in grace, to be united, to stand together. And I'm going to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And it says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again or do we need like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you. You yourselves are a letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. I love that verse. I love what the Apostle Paul is saying about these people because some of them have been receptive to the message. Some of them have been receptive to the instructions. Some of them have been receptive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to them in their hearts. And I love that the Apostle Paul was written that. He said, you're like a, a living love letter. You're outstanding in what you're doing. And it's important that we have, we are living love letters of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's important that we, we, we remain clean in Him, that people see the love of Jesus in and through us for the glory of God. I want to tell you, it's so easy to slip. It's so easy to fall from that place of grace. Jesus, when He taught, He said, taught His disciples when they said, teach us how to pray. And He said, give us this day our daily bread. And there's, there's something about the daily prayer, the daily upkeep, the daily, you know, mind maintenance, heart maintenance. There's something about keeping a, a daily tally with God that is so powerful and so right. Because often we can drift and we forget to glean and weed ourselves like a garden and remove the things that are wrong from our lives. In the previous chapter, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it talks about a brother who needs forgiveness. And one of the things that says here, my wife shared this with me a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, man, that's a revelation. I'm going to preach it. So she's due to preach soon, but I got here before her. Sorry, Fiona. But uh, it was a great verse, and it says, now you ought to forgive and comfort him. And, and, and one of the things that we're, we're, we're good at as Christians, often we're good at forgiveness, but we're not good at comforting people. And that really spoke to me because often we can forgive and move on, but forgive and comfort is such a powerful thing. And to forgive people is such an incredible thing, but it's important that we have a soft and supple heart as well. I found myself, I, I've got, do you want to hear a confession? Are you ready? It's really juicy. Uh, so I found myself, and it wasn't in this church, it was in an our situation, and I was with some people and I was there for a number of hours, and I couldn't really hear what was going on. Do you know why I couldn't hear? It wasn't because my hearing aid wasn't turned up. It was because I was bugged by somebody else in the room. I was completely bugged by them, because every time they spoke, I reacted. And do you know why I reacted? Because I thought they were the problem. And when I took it to God in prayer, and I said, God, I forgive them, and by the end of the prayer, I had to forgive myself. 
because I had a stinking rotten attitude. Does that make sense? And often God will use a situation to bring up what's not quite right within us. And I want to tell you, forgiveness is such a powerful thing. My first point this morning is forgiveness outwits the enemy. There is a God and there is a devil. Often we're making progress in God, but sometimes we don't make progress. And we're thinking, what's going wrong? What's not happened? And it's often because our hearts aren't right with the Lord or with other people. And it's important that we walk in that place of forgiveness. When we've, not, when we've got unforgiveness in our hearts, it's like a playground for the enemy to come and land. It really is like a playground for the enemy to come and land in our lives. Forgiveness is being a living epistle. So point number one is forgiveness outwits the enemy. Forgiveness outwits the enemy. Point number two is culture. Keep a culture of keeping no record of wrongs. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrongs. Now, I don't know about you, but I've sometimes, you know, if you ever had a conflict with someone and you've been in a meeting and they remind you that back in 1987, you said this, and in 1994, you did that. And back up to 1998, I remember you, you raised your eyebrow like you're doubt, doubting me. And have you ever been in these situations? And it's like it's very uncomfortable because it's not aligned with love keeping no record of wrongs. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to be in a place where, you, you know when, you know in the olden days, they used to get a black slate at school, and there was a bit of chalk, so this would be a blackboard, and, and you wrote on it, and uh, that would be, that'd be your writing pad. That was your iPad. It was your chalk pad. So you wrote in chalk, and the teachers wrote in chalk. And there's, there's, there's something about a slate that is incredibly powerful. But if you can imagine having a house, some of you don't have a house, so you're like, oh yeah, I'm dreaming about my house right now. So if you can imagine a house, and it's covered in slates, and on every slate, there's something you've got against someone. And every night, you go to your bed, and instead of sleeping in comfort, you're sleeping on a bed of unforgiveness because there's a slate, there's, there's, there's things against people. Or it might be that half your roof is clean, but all these other slates you've got against someone, and you've got this unforgiveness in your heart. I want to sleep under the wings, under the shadow of the wing of Almighty God. I don't want to sleep under a roof of unforgiveness. I don't want to sleep under things where I'm holding things against people but I want to practice forgiveness on a daily basis. I know people who've told me that they had to practice forgiveness in a situation, and they had to do it for a number of years until they were able to forgive someone who'd abused them. They just said, God, I choose on this day to forgive. I choose to forgive. I choose to let it go. And they kept forgiving until the feeling of forgiveness arrived. So it's like they practiced the discipline of forgiveness, then eventually the emotions of forgiveness arrived, and sometimes it takes time. You see, the Christian life is also about discipline as well as standing in the presence and the glory of God. But as we practice His forgiveness, we'll, becoming, we'll become living love letters for Jesus Christ. So, a culture of forgiveness, a culture of keeping no record of wrongs. Number three is a culture of forgiveness. Continually forgive. Forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and 
forgive and keep forgiving and keep forgiving people. It's good. I remember someone once telling, I had to counsel someone once because they, they, they kept having to forgive things and they'd wake their wife up at two o'clock in the morning and say, I need to forgive you for this and put the lights on. And I'd say, listen, you don't, you don't need to do that. Just forgive in your heart. And when, when they wake up in the morning, they won't have an issue of unforgiveness against you because you've woken them up at two o'clock in the morning. So it's appropriate that we learn how to forgive in our own, our own hearts with people. Point number four is a culture of encouraging others while in prison. And this is how to become a great encourager. Now, if I could ask who's all been in prison here, don't put your hand up. Some of you may have been in prison, actual physical prison, but some of you might have been in what you call a mental, emotional, spiritual prison as well. The Apostle Paul wrote his best, well, for me, some of his best letters when he was imprisoned in Rome. He developed a culture of writing the best love letters while he was in the jail, while he was a jailbird. He wrote phenomenal letters. Now, the Apostle Paul could have been bitter and angry against the Roman authorities for imprisoning him illegally or whatever they did wrong. He could have been bitter, but Paul exercised forgiveness. He recognized he was in that place so he could write love letters in that situation. Saints of God, I want to encourage you here this morning. At times, you might feel like, man, I'm, I'm locked up. I'm enclosed. I'm, I'm trapped in this place. But make that place where you give your best love. You might be, you might find yourself where you're walking down the street and God asks you to speak to someone, but you're in a place where you feel like, God, I'm in a place of depression. I'm feeling oppressed. But the Holy Spirit says, go and speak to that person. You see, sometimes in your place of feeling like you're in the prison, the Spirit of God will prompt you to manifest the greatest kingdom gold. In our words, you'll speak to someone and lead someone to Jesus. It may be that you're in a place where you feel like, man, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm, I'm in difficulty. Life is hard. I can't speak to people. But you see, that's one of the greatest things about the Christian life is that we can overcome emotions. We can relegate emotions to here and step out in the Spirit up here. You see, if, you're, if, if your emotions are relegated to the bottom of the, the English Premier League and you allow your, 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 your spirit to conquer and say, Do you know what, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to let go, and I'm going to allow the kingdom of God to come forth, something supernatural will come forth in your life. I'm here to tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, that we need to forgive, yes, on a daily basis. We need to not keep records of other people's wrongs. But here's the key, here's another key. For those of you who suffer, many people suffer in life. One of the greatest disciplines that many Christians have learned is that where you're at the place of the low, where you're at that place of depression, where you're at that place of my circumstances aren't working out, you're at that place where you just feel like things are caving in on you. Sometimes that's the place where the kingdom of God can manifest in your life in an incredible way. Because you see, one of the things with the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, i found, is He's not subject to my highs and my lows. And I don't want to be subject to my highs and my lows. I want to be subject to the Holy Spirit. Come on! So it's important that we recognize that the Spirit of God moves and He broods over us. And He doesn't always move in us and through us for the glory of God when we're in a good mood. 
He sometimes moves in and through us when we're, 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 you know, we're feeling a bit low. So recognize that in order to conquer these moods and these turns, these tidal flows, these things that come and go in your emotions, just say, God, use me. Use me in my darkest hour. Use me when I'm feeling low here. And the Spirit of God will use you powerfully for the glory of God. Come on, saints. This morning, it's important that we, we are people who are living love letters. Francis of Assisi said, uh, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Now, that can be an excuse. I was talking to someone earlier on this morning. That can be an excuse for not sharing the gospel with people, but it's important that we are people that are, uh, that are um, radiating the love of Jesus Christ to many people. And many, many people are going to come to know Jesus. The good news is, He's going to use you for His glory, and He's going to use you to invite people into the kingdom. One of the easiest ways to invite somebody to know Jesus is just invite them to a meeting like this. I'll tell you why, because I'll probably be doing an altar call at the end of the meeting, and uh, there's some people that can do altar calls bolder than others, but it's important that you get people to the altar call, because sometimes that's the moment. Now, the other thing to say is that when Des and all the team were out in Glasgow, they were teaching the saints, we can do the altar call on the streets of Glasgow. We can do the altar call on the streets of Dundee. And that's the key thing, is that all of us can do that altar call. All of us can bring people to Jesus wherever we're at. And that's, that's one of the exciting things about the kingdom of God. It's important that we have an open heart and an open mind as we go from this place this week, knowing that God can use us powerfully. I want to challenge you here this morning in, in the name of Jesus. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, if you have something against someone, I want you to let it go and lay it on the altar of God. Because it might be that what's, what's stopping you from moving, making progress in the kingdom is an issue of the heart. Sometimes the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And sometimes we're blocked and checked from moving further in God because there's something wrong. There's an offense in our hearts. Can I invite us all to stand here this morning? I'm going to invite the band to come and play. I'm going to invite us all just, just, to, just to be at that place of, of grace and forgiveness here this morning. If there's someone, if there's someone you need to forgive here this morning, I want you just to, to, to do that in your heart of hearts and say, God, I choose to forgive them here today. So let's just do that. We're going to take, we're going to linger in the presence of God, okay? I'm not going to make this awkward. I'm not going to ask anybody to speak, confess anything publicly. But if there's someone you need to forgive in your heart, just do it right now. Just do it quietly. It says of Ruth in the Bible that God heard the words from her heart. So you can just whisper them out. If there's somebody you need to forgive, just, just do it right now. Father, I pray for every single person here this morning that if there's a, a, an area of unforgiveness where people need to forgive and let go, they would, they would forgive and let go. I pray for those who've, who've got one person to forgive, uh, they, they just, they'd find it easy, they'd let it go. I pray, pray for those who've got a list, <laughs> they'd get through the list by the end of today, oh God. Help them, we pray, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just in a minute or two, we're going we're gonna to have worship. But before we do that, I'd like to invite everyone, anyone who doesn't know Jesus here this morning, to come and know him. We're, we're going to have Bibles that we're going to give out to everyone here today who wants one. They're absolutely free. It's a, a New Testament. Is that my microphone? No. It's a New Testament, and um, they'll be given to anybody who wants them. I just want to pray a prayer this morning, a prayer of salvation, because God is here. God is in the house, and God is in the business of, of, of saving people. And Jesus, God's Son, was sent 2,000 years ago. The Bible says that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. The Scripture also says that salvation is as close as our hearts and minds. In other words, knowing God is as close as our hearts and our minds. It's, it's simple. It's, it's so clear. It's tangible. And um, the Bible also says that those who believe in the hearts and confess with their mouth that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. Those who believe, it says, shall be saved. So it's simple. We just need to say, God, I, I choose to believe. That's the easy bit. The harder bit is to, to live out. You can say, how do you live out a Christian life? Well, like an infant-born child, we're born again. But then we need to be taught. We need to be instructed. We need to be discipled. But that can take place here. Or if you're from another town, uh, we'll help you get plugged into a local church there. So you, can, you too can become a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I want to invite everyone this morning just to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer is a game changer. And this prayer is a life changer. And as you pray this prayer this morning, something will happen on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will come and dwell on the inside of you. It's a supernatural transaction where we say like the people in the pool here this morning, we leave behind the old life. We leave behind just living for me, but from this day forward, I'm going to live for Jesus. So pray this prayer with me. Everyone in the room, just help me pray. Even if you're a Christian, just pray this prayer. Just help me here this morning to help those who want to respond. Just say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me and you demonstrated that love by sending your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. And you were raised again from the dead. So that I can be free from the power of sin and the power of death. Thank you, Jesus, that you ascended into heaven. And you sent your Holy Spirit. Right now, oh God, seal me with your Holy Spirit. With eternal life. Because of my belief my newfound belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. 